You're listening to Michael Easley in Context. And now your host, Dr. Michael Easley. This is Michael Easley in Context, and we thought we'd have some fun with a new segment called Out of Context. I know, it's low-hanging fruit. Here's the deal. Many people take passages out of context and they misapply them. I had a professor in seminary who said he was going to write a book one day called Misapplied Verses That God Has Greatly Blessed. Well, we're not going to write a book, but we are going to have some fun looking at some of these key passages over the next few weeks and months to see how they are used in context and how we take them out of context and maybe help us all as we think more biblically and orient our theology so that how we apply the Bible is indeed what the Bible is saying. During the month of September, we're looking at passages and having conversations around strong marriages. And so part of this weaving together is thinking, what does the Bible teach about marriage? How do we apply or misapply some things from the Bible, as well as talking to other individuals and couples about their stories in marriage? Last week, we had the most beautiful woman I know in studio with me, that is my wife, Cindy, and we talked about troubles in our marriage as newlyweds, things we've learned in the past 36, 36 years. How did that happen? (laughs) What biblical submission looks like, being married to a strong, independent, go out, kill it, bring it home kind of woman that I have been married to all these years. Today, I want us to look at a couple of issues out of Genesis and to begin understanding this marriage relationship. Now, these passages and verses are very familiar to all of us. In fact, that's one of the problems. They're too familiar to us. And so it's good to go back and review what we think we know about God's creation order and why he designed this thing between a husband and wife. Now, you remember in Genesis 1, God creates everything. And we have this recurring phrase throughout the creation that it was good, it was good, it was good, all through the six days of creation. And of course, the last day, God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day, Genesis 1.31. So we've got this uh, conclusion that everything he did was very good. And then passing from chapter 1 into chapter 2, we've got a review and a reorientation of what God's going to set up for the man and the woman. Now, again, you remember the story. God blessed all that he had done. He rests on the seventh day. And then we get the account of this in Genesis 2. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made heaven and earth. And then he reviews and reminds us of what we got in chapter 1. Now, He forms all these things. He forms from the dust of the ground, these animals, and he brings them to the man to see what he will call them. Now, of course, Adam is a wordplay in Hebrew. It's A-D-M. We call those radicals in Hebrew, A-D-M. Adam is a wordplay because it's also used for dirt. So he's making Adam out of dirt. He's the dirt man. And he forms him out of dust, and he breathes into the nostrils the breath of life. Genesis 2-7, and man became a living being. So God puts this breath into a dirt man he had formed. So out of that relationship then, he brings the animals to the man, remember? And whatever the man called that thing was its name. So we're seeing right away God's design that he brings these creatures to him that are also made out of Adam, and he assigns a name to them. But as you know the story, it continues, there was a problem. 
He gives names to all the animals, but there's not found a helper suitable for him. Listen to the text, verse 2, 19 and following. Out of the ground, that's the word Adama, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man, Adam, to see what he would call them. And whenever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the cattle, to all the birds of the sky, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper, ding, 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 we'll come back to that, suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, Now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then we have the commentator say, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Now, there are a lot of things in here that we misapply, we take out of context. But one I want to point out now is when God instructed him to call those things a name, whatever he called them, that was its name. So when he wakes up from this spiritual anesthesia and God took bone and flesh, he didn't take dirt to fashion the woman. He took bone and flesh and he fashioned the woman. And then when Adam wakes up from that anesthesia, he says, this one, comparison, contrast, not like all the other ones, this one, she is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And because of that, she shall be called. What's he doing? He's naming her woman because she was taken out of man. Now, the Hebrew words here are ish and ishah. She's called woman because she's taken out of man. In Hebrew, the expression is literally, she's going to be called one taken from me because she was taken out of me. So when we get married, what do we do? We take a name. We take the husband's name. And I know it's common and popular and cool to hyphenate your name. And if you have done that, I'm not mad at you. But what the scripture is telling us is these two became one. And so the name was Solidarity. It's one of the most beautiful passages about marriage in our entire Bible. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She, my ish, ish, ah, she's from me. And so they are one named, we might say, in solidarity. Two become one, and they carry the same name. So forget feminism versus chauvinism and say we're becoming one. And that's the key of being one flesh. This is Michael Easley out of context. If you listen to our podcast on iTunes, would you take a minute to rate and review our show? We love reading your feedback and this helps the show become more discoverable for other listeners. Thanks again for listening.